The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We are a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who's definitely chaotic good, right? Josh Maboni, cha- <laughs> how are you this evening? You got chaotic, right? I don't know. I think I'm more chaotic neutral, but yeah, uh, I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. Uh, uh, yeah. How about you? How about you? Oh, I'm not too bad. We're, you know, uncharacteristically, words are hard, uh, recording on a Monday night. So, you know, I was actually, we'll talk about this a little bit later. I was kind of hoping like one of those big PlayStation things that supposedly is happening this week would have happened today. So we could have just like played it off and then like, if only some news broke today that we could be talking about. I know if only, but no news. Nothing is going on in the world. Nope, no news. No, nothing, nothing happened today. Certainly nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness gracious, the internet. Um, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but Josh, you know, we typically record on Sundays. Now we're recording on a Monday. Yeah. If you had to pick like pros and cons between recording Sunday night versus Monday night, like what are your thoughts? Do you prefer Sunday nights? Do you prefer Monday <laughs> nights? Yeah. Wait, lay this out for me. What are your thoughts? Well, I'll be honest with you. I was at work today. <clears throat> and it, I don't know, I have like parrot brain. I was kept forgetting that we were recording tonight, but like when I say kept forgetting, I mean I would forget and then I would remember and then I would forget again because <laughs> I kept having this thought about, man, I can't wait to get home and crawl into bed <laughs> as soon as I get home from work. Oh, no, I, had I that- wrecked it. No, 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 it's fine. Like, I just had that thought like eight times today and I kept thinking. <laughs> uh, and usually like, I don't even like, I just don't, I don't even like to think about that on Mondays because I really should be coming home and like having some gaming time or something. And it's just been, it was just a long day. Sundays are long for me, you know, like that's my all day with my son and, and I love right. him to death, but that's a long day. Um just me and him. And I also ended up going to my brother's to help him um, move uh, a big unit up into his attic. We had obviously we had help too, but like, it's just errands and being out and, you know, Sundays are long. So Mondays I'm like recuperation, but that'll be tomorrow. I'll recuperate tomorrow. Although I should probably play some more horizon forbidden West tomorrow. So (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit here. Uh, yeah, so it's I kind of have the same situation because today was uh, re- registration started today at the at where I work for mm. registering for next semester, and you know as an academic advisor, uh, it's kind of like our tax season, right? Like anytime that happens, it's you know really busy for the next two and a half three weeks as we go through this. And I was sitting there tonight today, and multiple times I was like, okay, I just gotta get through the day. It's gonna be fine. I'll get home. We'll be able to relax. And I was like, oh, I got to do this podcast. And not that, like, I don't love doing the podcast, right. but it's just like, there's a big difference between sitting down here and like 
talking about all this stuff versus me just staring at the television, right? Like, it's yes, a hundred percent. So, uh, so yeah, so I was like, well, that's, that'll be okay. That'll be fine. But I will say, you know, cause recording on Sunday nights is kind of odd. I mean, we've done it for so long, right? Like we've recorded on Sunday nights for a long time. It's kind of like yeah. this tradition that we do. It's kind of like the end of the weekend slash start of the week, kind of just what I'm used to. And it just, when we don't do it, it throws me off because it feels I, weird. Yes. Yeah, I agree. When, when I go to work on Monday, I'm like, I feel like I didn't do something. You know, this is episode 232. So when you've done something that many times or yeah. almost Can that we- many times every week in a row, you know, a few exceptions here and there. Oh, it just really throws the week off. And like, yeah, yeah, it's just so bizarre. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But hey, we're going to do it again next week. So there we go. That's no right. That's no right. Big deal. But, you know, Josh, one thing that I that happened this weekend is, you know, I've talked, I think, multiple times about how there's soccer fields right behind my home. The the city soccer complex is right behind my house. Uh, and Josh, this weekend, they came out, they lined all the fields, they set up all the soccer goals. And tonight when I got home from work, all these kids are out there playing soccer, getting ready for their, their seasons. And that just really made me think of, okay, you know, spring is really here, you know, my weather notwithstanding, sometimes it's going to go up and down and fluctuate, but we're to the point where we're turning the corner, right? Summer's not that far off. What are you looking forward to this summer? Are there things that you're excited about for our pregame that you want to talk about for this summer, things you're hoping to do? What are your yeah. thoughts You know, when you look forward to summer? Well, it's funny because today it was 20 degrees here, so we had a pretty big change in weather from yesterday to today, so I'm definitely not thinking about summer. <laughs> yeah, I saw this video online of like these horrible accidents in, I think, oh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah, goodness yeah. gracious. Yes, I saw that too. A snow scroll, I think, is what they said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and some towns around here got snow last night too, like very just like odd, but uh, I don't know. Um, for summer, what do I look forward to? What am I looking forward to? Well, I have two potential job changes happening. They would both have seen me working earlier Ooh. shifts. So one would have me home at 5, one would have me home at 4.30. Um, so, I mean, every year we go to New Hampshire for vacation, uh, the pandemic kind of broke that up a little bit, but we did go last year. So I look forward to like that one week in the summer, spend time with family. But if I'm not thinking of vacations, I just kind of really like it's lighter, longer cooking on the grill. I know some people do it year round. It's not plausible for me to do that, uh, here, uh, if I had a back deck and I was on a single floor house, I could see me doing that. But, you know, just look forward to kicking the soccer ball around with my son or chasing him around the yard, playing in dirt, cooking on the grill. Uh, just fun stuff like that. Work gets real crappy during the summer. Yeah. Uh, we do a lot of extra hard work. But that being said, that's part of the job. Uh, so, you know. Probably the same thing most people look forward to in the summer. Grilling, having some uh, backyard light beers so you're not getting day drunk. <laughs> uh, and spending time with family. That's How about you? What's your uh, summer wish list or looking forward to list? Well, I think kind of as you mentioned, the longer days are always nice. Uh, I also just really enjoy the option of just opening my windows if i want to like yeah, it's just nice, nice to have that option <laughs> yeah. and that sometimes you're like hey the house is a bit stuffy i'm just gonna open this window and 
air things out. And that's just a really uh, nice feeling to be able to have and to do. Yeah. I don't, you know, this summer specifically, I don't have a ton of things that I'm like, oh, I really want to do X, Y, Z. I'm really looking forward to this. It, it is mostly the, you know, the outdoor grilling and just, you know, experiencing and being there for the nice turn of weather. Uh, so, yeah, I just didn't know because, you know, everyone I was working with has been talking about like all these trips and vacations and things they have yeah. planned. And yeah, uh, and we don't have anything right now. We have something we're doing in the fall, but we have nothing really for summer. Uh, yeah. So I just didn't, you know, it's like, well, I should check in with Josh, see what he's thinking uh, as yeah. far as summers go. But, you know, that is the one nice thing about where I do live is that summers are typically not too unbearable. Last summer got we had a, a stretch there where it was pretty dang warm for a while. But in general, summers aren't too unbearable here. Uh, they yeah. were a little nicer, you know, when I lived a bit further north. But as far as like, you know, you could just not worry about like ever being too, too hot or too, too cold. And it was great. But that is, I feel like changed just slightly. So, yeah. Um, Josh, the other thing that I did not put in the notes, but I, I think, you know, with how often we talk about music and things like that on this podcast. Yes. Um, obviously, the, the passing of Taylor Hawkins, which is something that hit me far harder than I expected that it was going sure. to when I heard about it. Uh, thoughts on that and obviously you know yeah best wishes to his, his wife and children and, and all of that but what were your thoughts when you heard like kind of what were your thoughts on reflecting on you know the passing of taylor hawkins it's funny because it's in an industry where it's it isn't it didn't used to be so shocking for like a 50 year old musician to die right. in that like lifestyle yeah. i know a lot has changed since then but it's funny how shocking it still is when it happens now. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about his personal life, but I always thought, um, and I, and if they have said what, why he passed, I haven't seen it, but um, I just always saw the Foo Fighters as like different from every other rock band. And I feel real bad because like they just had their movie come out, a new album. You think they'd be on the top of the world. They, they, they like, they're all constantly touring. They seem to love it so much and they seem to have such a great group dynamic and it's not easy to be a drummer for Dave Grohl because it's Dave Grohl. Right. So he has to be, he has to be that much more talented than any other current drummer. Right. And he always seems so happy and, and uh, he's, he seems like super funny and charismatic and it's just really it kind of reminded me of like when chester bennington uh passed except like there was way more warning signs for like chester but still you don't know like what if what people are writing is really just words or if they're real feelings like it's hard to even tell in those situations um so i feel horrible like it, it's terrible and they were also on tour like lincoln park too so like all these like these things like piling up i don't know i don't know and I, and, I, and you know you hope he wasn't suffering like you hope it wasn't like a mental health thing and if if it was you hope he was getting help and that he was working through it uh you know and it kind of sucks to have to be like i wonder if it was drugs or if it was suicide like that sucks to have to think that like, right. but I think you, even that happened with Bob Saget. People were like, oh my God, I hope he didn't like overdose. And people were like, well, Bob's been clean for years. Like, yeah, a long it time. just happened yeah. to be a bump on the head. Like, so it can be anything. It just thinks when you, when you have like your brain goes right to 
the rock and roll tropes. Yeah. And, well, uh, you know, and maybe, maybe, you know, if they said, it, but I didn't see, I mean, they've released a preliminary report that, uh, I mean, unfortunately, I think it seems like potentially we don't know for certain that some of those rock and roll tropes came true. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, doesn't make it any less sad. No. And that's the thing. And, you know, the Foo Fighters are a band that I have always liked their music. I always enjoyed listening to them. They're always in my rotation. But for whatever reason, they were never a band that I was like, oh, yes, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. Like, yeah. I probably never went. I don't know a couple days probably without ever listening to a Foo Fighters song, right? Like they were just regularly in the rotation of things I was listening to, but for whatever reason, they never really, I don't know, just like climb that list. Like I, I have um, watched like many of their live performances. Like they, sure. you know, they, and like you mentioned, they really seem to love, absolutely love touring. So I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things that they've always just kind of been around and always been kind of part of my life since they existed. They're like one yeah. of the bands that like, literally i have listened to for their entire existence you know and that's 25 years is a really really long time and yeah that's kind of yeah so it, it is one of those things that is super sad you know from what it seems in in everything i've ever heard about them or read about them it, it does seem like um you know dave grohl and taylor hawkins were exceedingly good friends like very yeah. very good friends um, so, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, and for the other members, because Foo Fighters is another one of those weird bands who like most of their members have been in the band, like most of the time, right? Like Pat Smear kind of has come and gone a little bit, but it has, I mean, even now it's still been in the band for the last 10 years, you know, like they, they really have been like that core group of people um, who, who've just kind of been around. So it is interesting um that you don't see that all that often with modern bands at least right like yeah. oh some old bands you have that are still going around and doing their thing but man it's just it's just real sad um what do you think happens next josh if you're if you're dave Grohl and you're the rest of the foo fighters are you still take doing the break. Foo Fighters thing take a break yeah they're not going to stop making music that's their life but do you think they stop making music as foo fighters no i don't think so I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Okay. I think there's probably an appropriate amount of time mm-hmm. to take a break and and talk to each other about what to do next. But I I still think that they'd be Foo Fighters still. Um, I, I mean, but I'm I mean that's just as a fan. Like I can't. I don't know what they're all going through. Um, but maybe Taylor's wife wants them to keep being the Foo Fighters. Maybe his yeah. family says we want you to keep going maybe they do it in his honor like um yeah i don't know i don't know who you could get to replace him but i mean their lead man knows about drums so he would be able to pick the right guy to replace him it just would be like do they want to do that so yeah no and obviously that's like you know the minimal importance thing right now i just think of you know in uh dave girl's book he he still talked about like even playing drums now it was a, a challenge for him because he still saw kurt cobain like when he sat sits down a drum set, sure. he talks about how he like still sees Kurt Cobain like to this day, like out between him and the audience, like that, you know, presence there. And that and that's why, you know, he doesn't play drums all that often. He plays them like once a set, like when they tour, and he'll occasionally do them for when he's doing his solo stuff, but like very, very rarely does he just, you know, sit down and play drums. Yeah. Um so it, it is kind of one of those I wonder knowing how impactful that death was on him you know, 20 plus 25 plus years ago, Yeah. you know, what would, what does this look like now moving forward? And just how do you, 
begin to process and put together kind of all yeah. those things. And, you know, like you look at what happened, you know, I think to Lincoln Park, right? Like, yeah, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, they could they could retire. They could be done, too. Like they have a, a, an incredible career and they're all getting older. 100%. But, uh, you know, I, I've only known Dave to do music and yeah. that seems like, you know, so I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Can you imagine going from like the like the biggest band in the world almost to like one of the biggest, the biggest bands band in the world, in the world like again like <laughs> yeah like that's your, that's like his i mean for the most part like his musical like journey right like biggest yep. band in the world biggest band in the world um so yeah but anyway and again that's obviously like small potatoes compared to everything else going on with i'm sure they'll do whatever yeah. they feel is best and and whatever they feel he would have wanted them to do but yeah it was just i was really shocked i i was surprised that um how much it like brought me down when I learned, I was like, Oh man, like, yeah, it was, it was tough, but yeah. Cool thing about music though, is that, you know what, that's going to be there forever. You know, that's always going to be there. So very true. All right. So on that happy note, everyone, thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, <laughs> if you have any feedback, questions or suggested topics, hit us up at board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram. Also board with VG. We are proud to be part of the play some video games podcast family. And we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, Dollar Cinema, because, hey, you never know when a new show might pop up. So if you listen to those, you'll be in the know. So check us out. We really do appreciate it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast archive, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. You know, Josh... This 2022, really slow year for video games so far, man. Like, I don't know what's going on. Video games have just been so few and far between. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, hopefully this fall is good, because otherwise this year's been pretty pretty rough to start, right? Yeah, it's always February, February, <laughs> March. Always the tough months for video games. Awesome. But hey, Josh, what have you been playing recently? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right. What do I even want to start with? Let's start with a board game. Okay. So I got some board game time. What did I do? Play a new board game? Heck no. I played an old board game, but with new pieces. <laughs> um, I busted out my 1800 expansions for Unmatched. Uh, got my new set in, which was Ghost Rider, Moon Knight, and Luke Cage. I almost forgot because we didn't play as Luke Cage. And then I ordered my next set, which is Daredevil, Electra, and Bullseye. Um, so yeah, we've got a, a bunch of unmatched games going. I, I shared it in the Discord. Um, uh, for people who don't know or didn't hear me talk about Unmatched, it's basically a reskin-ish of Star Wars Epic Duels, which a lot of people haven't played because it's so it's a Grail game. It's really hard to find, and it's out of print. Uh, but it's by Restoration Games, and. Basically, what you do is you pick a, a character, you get a deck, and some characters have sidekicks with them, some don't, and you pick a board. And on the board, they have um, like circles or squares that are territory markers, and they're different colors. Some of them are one color, some are two, some are three colors, and those are considered um, same or different territories. And you have your fighter who is either melee or ranged and then their sidekicks or either melee or ranged. Um, and you're attempting to defeat your opponents. It 
is 1v1. You can play up to four players. I still haven't done that yet. Um, uh, Moon Knight added something different to the game, which when you play the game, you like say I was also Achilles. Like, so you have Achilles' card, tells you his ability um, and his attack. And that's what you do on like for him. His ability you can use once per turn, usually, depending on the character. Uh, with Moon Knight, every turn you have to switch between his personalities. So there's three different Moon Knight characters. There's Moon Knight, um, oh, Mr. Midnight, and Khonshu. And you have to switch between them each turn, and each one of them has different a different ability. So uh, that was really cool. I enjoyed that. Um, uh, Nice little things, and and they add um, some of the newer boards have a couple different things in them where you can add. Um, one of them that we played had a advantage for higher terrain, so it'd be plus one attack where you were, and then the other board had tokens, which we decided to not use. Each board is double sided, as well, so you can just use kind of the generic version or the uh, alternate version of the board. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I still really enjoy Unmatched a lot. There's so many options um, about who's going to fight who because we literally had like Moon Knight versus Dracula and um, Achilles versus Ghost Rider, I think. Like there's a lot of different options. Um, so I really like that series a lot. Uh, easy recommendation for anyone interested in a, in a fun two-player or four-player battle style game. Uh, and those those Velociraptors are so cool uh, as well. The miniatures are so impressive. If only I painted. Uh, I played Evil Dead the game, the beta, via Xbox Insider Program. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm a very huge Bruce Campbell fan and a big Evil Dead fan. So I've been excited for this game for a little bit. I'll say it's, it's, um, it's like Friday the 13th meets Dead by Daylight. Uh, in the in the beta, you could only do online, but it does show a grayed out solo mode, which is a little bit more promising for me. Um, and they do have more, what do they call mobs, mods, mobs. They have more um, uh, bad guys that you can fight while you're in this map instead of just like trying to. Uh, in uh, Friday the 13th, like complete your objective and escape the killer. Well, in this one, you're also fighting off like skeletons and evil dead bad guys while you're trying to complete your tasks uh, with your team. And your teammates can like highlight where you need to try to search. The map is much bigger than I anticipated. There is melee and range combat in the game. Uh, for me, it's real nice because there's just a lot of... Um, Bruce Campbell lines like voice act. He's doing all the voice acting for his characters and you can choose from a bunch of different characters also through the movies. So like I was able to play as Ash from army of darkness, but also Ash from uh, all the other evil deads, evil dead, evil dead Two, Ash versus the evil dead TV series, all the different characters are there. Plus like tertiary characters from those movies. So that was, that was, fun uh, i'm glad i get to play the beta because i probably won't <laughs> buy this game what um, but josh you're a super fan i am a super fan and i don't own any of the other evil dead games either because <laughs> they're all uh not good <laughs> okay josh and i think this will tie to potentially another game you've been playing 
now that you've played the Evil Dead beta, and mm-hmm. it sounds like maybe you weren't so high on it. Yeah. Are you more excited about that game, or are you more excited about the recently announced Ilphonic Ghostbusters game? I, I want to be excited about that game, but I know exactly what that game is. It's Evolve. Well, I and mean, I have also, no hope for it. <laughs> it's also Predator's Hunting Grounds. Yes. Slash Friday the Thirteenth, which we played like for Predator's Hunting Grounds. Like that was fun when we played together. I love that game when we played. We just didn't play together enough. We played yeah. a bunch actually more more than we play other games we play together. That's but true. Um, I uh, I'm excited about the prospects, but I'm not getting my hopes up. I will say mm-hmm. this, and and um, I was telling my wife about it when I saw that it was announced that um, not too long after it was announced, I saw that two of my f- like favorite content creators, James and Elise Willems from Funhouse, are writing it as yes. well. And um, Craig Miller and Rahul Kohli are voices in it. So I'm, I'm really liking that aspect. And Elise Willems also wrote on Arcade Again. Mm-hmm. So I have confidence in like the writing, but they're not developing the game. So there, there's the difference, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, so they can still write a great game. So speaking of terrible writing in games. Oh, perfect. Um, I did pick up, my son saw a different Ghostbusters game that I think I mentioned last week. Um, it was like 2016's Ghostbusters. It's a top-down, four-person uh, twin stick shooter ish Ghostbusters game. Mm-hmm. Um, it it comes out hot off the heels of Lady Ghostbusters, um, and even Paul Feig doesn't deserve the writing that is in this game. <laughs> the writing in this game is some of the worst writing I have ever witnessed in games or film. It is cringy from start from start front and get go and like there's like my son's like where's all the guy ghostbusters <laughs> and i'm like hold on one will come in and one came in and he's like these are the ghostbusters and i'm like they are they're new ghostbusters and the girl's like we need to make a mark for herstory and i'm like uh <laughs> come on guys you're killing me with this the writing is just i can't even explain how bad the writing is. In fact, I probably should have written some quotes down. Um, but the gameplay isn't horrible. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> uh, it does require you to do a lot more than you should be doing in a game like this, though. Like, you have to, like, I don't know. It's just, I can't get past the writing, Kyle. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but yeah, you're like using, you shooting, um, like, ghost henchman ish uh-huh. until you find like the main ghost and then you use a different button to fire your proton beam and then you have to like drag them and whip them around the room and uh the ai is kind of helpless they're constantly losing health and passing out uh it's just not i'm sure the reviews are right where they should be for this game okay because <laughs> they're pretty bad they're pretty bad yeah um, um. but Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I was say, so based off that comment, do you not like Paul Feig? <laughs> no, I do like Paul Feig, but okay, he got a lot like- of criticism for that movie, and he he doesn't deserve more. Like he, he like it just feels like they're pegging back, piggybacking off of his movie. Gotcha. Okay. And it seems like it's just doing more damage to him because <laughs> they're still referencing his movie in this game. Do you have a favorite Paul Feig movie? 
you know, I haven't seen Bridesmaids. Okay. And I, I feel mean, that like is the one that tends to get the most love for sure. I feel like I have to see that. Maybe we could do it on Dollar Cinema. Um, I haven't even seen Spy. I like the heat. I, I thought that was funny. Uh, the Sandra Bullock movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be his only thing I've seen. Um, but I like him as a person. Like he says a lot of interviews. He seems very nice and friendly and he did. Well, he did 15 episodes of the office. So yeah, I probably did, yeah. like him more yeah, than I, do, I know. I, I like him. <laughs> yeah. I do like him because of that. Uh, I will say there, I have this group of movies that I probably shouldn't like, but for some reason I really enjoy. And spy is one of them. Is that it? movie. I just die when I, I think it is so funny. Um, especially Jason Statham in that movie is hilarious. <laughs> He's so funny. He has potential to be funny. I agree. Oh my gosh. I just, yeah, I, I think spy is super underrated. I think it is a pretty darn good comedy. So anyway, that's all. I was just curious. Oh, it's okay. So my anecdote I want to tell for Ghostbusters was this is the, the, the terrible life of parenting in the digital age. Um, so my son has like this newfound appreciation for Ghostbusters that just has come out of nowhere. So he just wants to, he wants to just take everything in Ghostbusters. Like he's watching uh, YouTube videos of like a Ghostbusters 3D ride, like roller coaster ride. Okay. He just wants to watch everything. So yeah. um, he was, my folks watch him on Mondays and my wife picks him up and she went to pick him up and they, uh, on their TV, they had YouTube up and he was watching Stay Puft Marshmallow Man reacts to Lady Ghostbusters trailer. So he's watching it and uh, I just, I, I, I'm only hearing about this after the fact. I get a text from my wife or a phone call. I can't remember. So they're watching the video after the trailer ends. Stay Puft Marshmallow Man takes out a gun and blows his brains out. Oh. Yeah, blood everywhere. Whoa. And it happened so quickly, they couldn't turn it off quick enough. So now, like when you talk about Ghostbusters, all he talks about is how the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man's head popped off and Slimer ate his body. Okay. Goodness yeah. gracious. It is. I hope to God he does not get messed up for the rest of his life because of one jerk on YouTube who had to make this video. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now that's Dang. we worry about that all the time now. <laughs> Super fun. Because <laughs> it's going to show up in the algorithm because yeah. it was watched. It's going right. to pop up again. Or pop off again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's harsh. Wow. So yeah, that was fun. Uh, moving on from Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, I'll just briefly say I picked up XCOM 2 like definitive ultimate edition on the Switch because it was five bucks for like an $80 game. So I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to get that. So I started playing that. Um, getting gets t- It takes some time getting used to on the Switch, but um, overall I'm having fun playing it briefly. I played not enough Horizon Forbidden West, but I have now f- um, at least gotten all three pieces to Gaia. Nice. Um, so I'm ready to move on from there. I uh, I still have to talk to everybody in the base, but I was like, it was late at night when I yeah. finished. So I just went outside to the campfire, saved it, and I was like, oh, I'll come back to this. Um, But because we have a podcast and we have to talk about video games, I was like, well, I also need to try at least two other games. So I played more <laughs> Tunic. Um, I got pretty far in Tunic, actually, to also okay. to a point where 
Um, I just had to save it. Uh, I'm really enjoying it a lot, to be honest. I haven't turned on the God mode. Uh, I was like, should I? <laughs> nah, I'm just going to keep playing. Uh, I really enjoy uh, everything about it, the look and feel. I mean, maybe I don't enjoy the challenge as much as some people do, but mm-hmm. I haven't found it inc- like incredibly challenging. And, right. I've, and I feel like when I get to somewhere that is very challenging, like when the turrets come out of the ground yep, and I die really quickly, I'm like, okay, I probably should not be here yet. So then I'll backtrack a little bit and see if there's a different path for me to get to. So like, hey, maybe I need a shield. That could yeah. be helpful. Yeah. So, you know, I tried doing more stuff like that um, or like, hey, I went into this cave and it was very dark and I couldn't see anything. Maybe I should not go in here right now. <laughs> and then I could go later because I found exactly what I needed to go in there. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, lantern. It's very, I mean, if you've played Link to the Past, you've essentially played the base of this game. Yeah. Uh, but I really enjoy it. And the art is great. Uh, so I enjoyed that a lot. And then I sat down to, I, I was like, I'm going to play Tiny Tina's Wonderland just to get through the intro. That's all I just want to, so I could say I created my character and then I played it. And then I played like way longer than I thought I was going to play. <laughs> um, it's border, it's Borderlands 2. Yeah. Okay. It's not Borderlands 3. It's Borderlands nope. 2. Nope. <laughs> um, I think that they did a really good job at reining it back in to what the Borderlands formula is while still changing it enough. Um, the overworld is pretty jarring when you get to it. It's not like anything you've ever played in a Borderlands game, but I do appreciate how different it is. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of like Final Fantasy games, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was pretty cool. I could see it getting annoying at a certain point because like at one point I had to go back through like uh, like a, an encounter and I had to do the encounter again. I was like, oh man, I don't, uh, like I just did this. <laughs> but you still get loot, which is the nice thing, right? So if you have to redo an encounter again, you're still getting loot, which is nice. Right. Um, I did forget about selling items. It will let you sell equipped items, which oh, is yes, yes, yes. incredibly infuriating when I, when I went to a vending machine, sold everything and then realized I had no guns and no armor and no shield. I'm like, Oh no. And one of them was like a legendary and I'm like, Oh, oh I guess I'm going to buy all that back. <laughs> I back. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, other than that, I played up, I'm in the middle of the second chapter. I stopped because it was also getting late and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, these missions are long. So I'm doing, it's a catapult one. So where the skeletons are sieging a castle. I don't know if you got mm-hmm. that far yet, um, but that's spoiler free. Um, but I'm in that mission. So it's a, it's the second big mission. I did a side one too. Um, I like the humor. The humor is very good. I love the writing for it. Um, it really truly is just like a spiritual sequel to the DLC of Borderlands 2. So, yeah. Um, and I put it on performance mode. It's playing great. It's running real good. So. I'm enjoying nice. it. it. Does feel awesome. weird to have guns in it though. Yeah, but that's okay. I'm I'm over it. But it does feel <laughs> weird. It does feel weird. Gotcha. Anything else that you've been playing that you want to talk about? I mean, if I am, I don't remember. I'm I'm playing way too much. <laughs> I know, right? I hear you there. Okay. So what have I been playing? Um, obviously, still playing Horizon Forbidden West. I have decided that with the glut of games that is currently out that I want to play, I think I'm gonna 
maybe mainline kind of the end here a little bit and then go back for the platinum gotcha. later. Uh, we have had, I mean, realistically, Josh, if you think about where we've been for the first three months of the year, I don't know that I can really remember much of a better, I'd say three month stretch, but really two month stretch of games, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's just been banger after banger after banger. And, you know, come here air, early April, we have MLB the shows coming out. There's the Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga. Uh, there's the Chrono Cross, you know, remaster kind of, I guess, <laughs> Red <Rattle laughs> of the <Beamers> edition <laughs> yeah. that's coming out. But then we get a bit of a break for a while, I think, until uh, I think like the new Switch Sports is at the end of April. But I think otherwise, there's not like a big, big game. You say for a while, but you just literally always said 30 days from now. <laughs> well, right. But I was saying I, I, not that Nintendo Switch Sports isn't like potentially a massive game that a lot of people are going to get. But I think that is very much a bite sized game where you play it for a little bit and then do something. Oh, else yeah, and yeah, play yeah. It for a little bit, you know, that it doesn't like just take all of your time. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it will, it will be that way. But I, I think after that, then I oh, man, what is next after that that comes out? Well, we're still going to get game announcements. It might look shallow now, but. I, th- I feel oh. like we're I feel like we're gonna get like bombarded with games in uh, May June July. Yeah, I mean I think the fall obviously we have a, a whole bunch of temples there. I think because I'm kind of thinking like the quarry in early June might be like, and then you have Mario Strikers that comes out then too. So I think kind oh. of between the is quarry end- June. Corey is June. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting! I didn't realize it was so close. Yeah, yeah, June tenth, uh, I believe. Nice. So, so I do think we're going to have about two months where I'm hoping I can like get a whole bunch of these things played that I yeah. are sitting on my backlog. Um. So, but I do want to go ahead and play. So, like I said, I started kind of mainlining Horizon a little bit more. Not to the end yet. I am at sixty hours of played yet, though. Um. Still nowhere near. I I don't think nowhere near the end. Maybe I am. I don't know. But anyway, still playing that. Still enjoying that a lot. Uh. I also have been continuing to play Tunic when I have just a couple minutes to play. It's kind of the game. If I have fifteen to twenty minutes, I sit down and play a little bit of Tunic. Yeah, still really like it. Still very charming. Uh, I agree with the combat in the game. Uh, there was one part that I got to, and I was like, it went really poorly. Like my first two times going through it, and I was like, wait a second, just take your, just pause for a second and slow down just a bit, and yeah. then it was like a breeze, you know. So I think that's kind yeah. of the thing of like you can't just go in. Whereas in like the Zelda games, another thing that reminds me, especially this style of Zelda game, it was just like oh, just mash the button for the most part. You could kind of get through. Yeah, uh, yeah. you gotta be a little more strategic here than that. And sometimes I forget that while I'm playing because they all come at you at the same time. If you <laughs> right, see especially them on if the I put this put it down for a bit, I have to try to remember that. But still, really enjoying Tunic. Awesome game. Um, obviously, it's on Game Pass, so definitely check that out. Uh, but I also jumped into Tiny Tina because I wanted to start it. And so far, Josh, I only played up to the splash screen, so like forty five. Okay, minutes, yeah, know, that's all I played through it. And I said, okay, I smiled that entire time. Yeah. I laughed out loud multiple times. I am putting this down for now, and I'm going to come back to this when it's the only thing I'm really focusing on because yes. Crouch uh, it, Crouch <laughs> is different on yes, Tiny Tina than it is on Horizon. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> like the, yeah, Crouch is square for Horizon and it's circle for Tiny Tina yeah. because they need the square for reload. And I'm like, this is going to break my head. I can't yeah. do this right now. I I want to play this game. I l- really love everything I've played of it so far. I think it is a return to form to Borderlands, like Borderlands Three, which I actually finished. Uh, <laughs> like some <laughs> people on this podcast who loved it, who love Borderlands so much. Uh, yeah, I do. It's it's like the fourth <laughs> Indiana Jones movie to me. 
but it's great. Like I'm going in, I'm doing the stuff. Like if the shooting feels good, it's fun. You're right. I do wish the guns were a little more fantasy quote unquote yeah. that we had, you know, like you get like a crossbow gun and stuff like at the beginning, but quickly after that, you're like, okay, here's a machine gun, you know, like they go away from that very, very quickly. Yeah. I wish there had been a bit more of that. I, I will but say they make that fun the- of it, which I think is, is good. Like, yes, uh, I think you. it's Andy Sandberg's character or whatever. He's yes. like guns. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, there's guns. What about it? <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, I do think the melee is way better, uh, which I yes. appreciate that. Like, it, you can go in and you can just whack some people with some stuff, and it's, and it works out really, really well. Um, but yeah, I do think the writing in this is feels much better so far, at least than yeah. um, Borderlands Three did. And I will say, like Ashley Birch's Tiny Tina, I just she's so good in mm-hmm. that as that character. And I hope, I don't know because I haven't played a ton, I hope they don't rein that in too much. I hope they push that a whole bunch. Yeah. Um, I actually could use more of it already. Um, but yeah, I'm really I'm really enjoying the game so far. I, like I said, I am going to finish Horizon uh, specifically because I, I want to continue to play this. But with that crouch button being different, I just... I, yeah. No, that work. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and then the final game I played uh, was a game that I, you know, I thought looked really good, looked really cute. I was really excited about it. Uh, so I picked up Kirby and the Forgotten Land on my Switch. And Josh, gosh darn it, if this game isn't just absolutely amazing. It's so good. <laughs> it is so, so good. It must be good. Donnie already beat it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, yeah, I mean, Donnie beating it, it is short. I'm not going to argue about that, though. I don't know exactly how far I am I am into it, but I think it probably is only a dozen hours a game. But it's so much fun. The the levels are thoughtfully designed where there's enough like secrets where you have to kind of pay attention, but the secrets aren't so obscure that you have to like be really focused in and like not observing like all of just the greatness that's happening around you. Kirby's powers are fun. The depth of the game is definitely, I think, pretty solid and you know, the big mouth mode, though, that's kind of like gimmicky and fun- funky. It's really fun. Like all of the things that you get to do with it are just a really good time. Yeah. Uh, I think this game is great. And it was something that I thought had looked good, but I was a little bit, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Uh, Josh, if I think about just the beginning of this year so far up until now, I have no idea how I'm going to put together a top five list. I just don't. Like I've had played so many experiences that are either really, really good or just really, really fun. And yeah. it, it's going to be tough. And just knowing that, We'll have some things this summer, but with this winter slash, you know, falls potentially looking like a, a bunch of bangers. Like, man, this is going to be a year. I, I just, whew. this game is so fun. Josh, it's so good. I'm glad <laughs> you like it. I've, I've been on the fence about it. Um, uh, I've been thinking about picking it up. So, so you might have pushed me into picking it up. Yeah, it is a really good time. The one, the one thing I will say, if there is like a nit to pick with it, it's a bit slow in the sense that like, you don't really have a sprint. Kirby moves kind of a little bit slow, but he does have some abilities depending on like the different weapons that he ta- absorbs to that like can help him go a little bit faster sometimes with using those in certain ways um, or some of the big mouth things that he does like help him go faster. So that would be like kind of be like my, my only like slight nit, but I don't think it's even that big of a deal. It's not something where I'm like, oh, this is like laboriously slow, like bad. Um, yeah. Just maybe not quite as snappy as I thought it might be, but it's great. It's, it's I'm having a ton of fun with it um it's really hard to decide what i'm playing right now not because there's nothing i want to play but because i want to play everything all at the same time and there's not enough time for it yeah i forgot to mention that i ran into a cauldron uh on the way to one of my quests in horizon and it was the plesiosaur oh yeah yeah and man just 
they design it. The, the, the change in collagens is such a good change from Horizon, from Horizon Forbidden Dawn. For Forbidden Dawn. From Horizon Forbidden <laughs> Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's such a good change. Um, and I really enjoyed that fight too. And I was like, I got this. And I had no idea what was coming for me. Like, it was just really cool. Um, so I like that too. So that was like, when you start, when you start talking about top five games of the year, I'm like, it, that was the first image that like popped into my head. It was like, mm-hmm how like incredible they that was done as well so yeah i'm I'm interested to see where we both end up at the end of the year for top five games because it could be anything i know and because there's still so many things that are going to be coming out that you know we don't or are slated to come out obviously you know everything's delayed these days it seems because just releasing games is hard but there's just so much on the horizon that could still come out this year and yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I was going to say, you know, we got Saints Row coming out in August, which I don't know if that game's going to live up to the expectations. We'll see what happens there. But for people, like, are you going to get Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you think? Because you like the other ones, right, that you played? I only played the first one so far, so I'll play part two first, and then I'll decide if I want to get part three. By the time you finish part two, part three might be on sale. Part four will be out. <laughs> yeah. Part four will be out, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, um, I'll, I'll wait till Xenoblade Chronicles 2 goes on sale to pick it up, because that's what I did for Chronicles Definitive, Definitive gotcha. Edition. Gotcha. Yeah, but we have Redfall coming still. Splatoon 3 is still you know, slated. Forspoken, yep. Gotham Knights, um, Starfield, Hogwarts Legacy. I mean, there's still so, potentially God of War. There's yeah. so many things still to come this year. You know, will we ever see that Zelda coming out this year? Who knows? Like, they're, oh, but which Zelda? So <laughs> is that going to be your new Gran Turismo? Is just Zelda like coming out? That is not coming out on the current Switch hardware. You don't think Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out on the current Switch hardware? Yes, it is. It will release like they did with the Wii U. It'll come out on both Switch and new Switch. But so it will release on Next current year. Switch hardware. I mean, they have to, but I mean, it's not going to be, it's not going to run well. It'd be the cloud <laughs> version. <laughs> and I don't mean so, cloud strife. <laughs> but yeah, so just so much, so much. But all right, Josh, so that's what we've been playing. Um, No board, no new board game this week. I, I played more Nidavellir. Um, probably the goal is actually to play, to be to play some uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak this mm. weekend. Um, As I, I have learned how to play the game, but I've not played it yet. So that's kind of. Uh, the plan in place is hopefully get that taken care of this weekend. Nice. So hopefully a new board game uh, next week. With that though, Josh, let's move on to our topics of the show. What's your first topic mm. this week? Well, you know what? I took it easy for us on a Monday night. I have two pretty short topics. I don't know let's about do yours. <laughs> they couldn't even that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you know, I made a little pun and I realized the title of this also is a similar pun. Uh <laughs> All aboard for Leader Games' next game. Uh, this is coming report as reported from Dicebreaker. Um, Leader Games' new game, uh, as they say, Ahoy, has more details revealed. I can't. I couldn't remember if we talked about this previously. It's not ringing a bell, so maybe we, did. we didn't. Um, but essentially, uh, Leader Games has a new game. It's called Ahoy. That was teased back uh, of January of last year, uh, where players will become leaders of rival seafaring organizations. Um, It's intended to be played for two to four players. Uh, It will see sailors clashing over lands to explore and goods to smuggle, with players having access to different abilities and objectives depending on which side they decide to control. 
As an asymmetric game, similar to root players have different experience thanks to each organization being unique. Uh, the initial starting board of Ahoy is compromised of a series of tiles arranged in a two-by-two grid, with each tile depicting various elements such as water, land, or other icons that will enable players landing on them to do different things. In a full four-player game, two of the players will be fighting to control the varying areas of terrain depicted on the revealed tiles. Uh, as the Blue Fl- the Blue Fin Squadron and the Mollusk Union, while the other two players will be competing to find and smuggle certain items across the board. Uh, the first two players uh, will be flipping tiles to find different elements of terrain to control, also investigate um, ship combat with their rival in order to keep a hold of the desired tile. And as the other two factions in Hawaii players will be searching for the items they need to transport to specific parts of the board uh, in order to achieve their objectives. It sounds to me like the that leader games was like Seafall should have been more successful, so let's root it and put cute creatures in it probably, and give them the same like idea of. I'm not saying they stole from Seafall. <laughs> I'm just saying it has. A, it seems to have a similar premise to Seafall. Um, it's created by Greg Loring Albright, the designer behind Leviathan, which I am unfamiliar with, I think. Uh, Leviathan has players using a deck of cards to fight in naval combat. And it's also co-designed... Um, sorry, and he also co-designed a board game called Block by Block Uprising, also a game I have never heard of. Um, the artwork for Ahoy is created by Kyle Farron, who did our... The, artwork the illustrations for root uh and yeah i think maybe this is the game to get me into leader games i mean i like root i just don't own it and i have fort and i haven't played it um but and i have seafall and i haven't played it (laughs) uh but i don't know that seafall is going to survive my calling of my board games i think i'm just gonna have to say Sayonara to Seafall. <laughs> I was gonna say, what's the what's the connection with Seafall here? Why do you keep bringing that? Is it just because it's something in the oceans you're connecting them, or? Well, as I remember, Seafall was the tile exploration ship combat game, and that's what this game is: <laughs> tile exploration ship combat ish, right? And that's the same premise. Well, I oh man, because I didn't play Seafall because I have it, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we both have a game we haven't played. I know. Imagine that, right? Because yeah, I mean, Seafall. Watch Seafall, me not talk about it. Like I know what it's like. Well, the problem with Seafall is it's a three-player minimum game, which is the reason I haven't played it. Yes. Um, but it's no, also I, a, I have no idea if it's similar to Seafall. Just in my head, that those are the oh, pieces gotcha, being put all, together. I would say the other issue with Seafall is you know three-player legacy game is is yeah, a big it doesn't. It's not a legacy game, yeah. Right. Uh, I I do think that you know Leader Games has not published. Too many games, it seems, um, yeah. that aren't from Cole Worley. So mm-hmm. it is a, 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 I mean, I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't say totally true that, but it seems like he tends to be like their kind of main designer. Um, I did look up because I had not heard of uh, Greg Loring Albright's other games as well. Yeah. Um, so I did look up Leviathan, Josh. Do you want to take a stab at what the overall rank is, is of Leviathan on Board Game Geek? A game I never heard of. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's so it's either going to be super high than higher than I thought, or it's going to be like eighteen thousand four hundred ninety two. 
Yeah, it is 15,830. Okay, it wasn't that far off. Yeah, you weren't that far off. Um, So yeah, it is a two-player only game, though, Leviathan is, uh, with a very light 1.67 complexity rating. Uh, But it seems like overall, people did not dig it. Um, Well, you got got the cutesy-rootsy stuff involved in this one, so I feel like that's going to be a big bonus to this guy. But what about, you know... Reading about Ahoy, is this something that interests you? Like you mentioned, like, yes. maybe this is what will get me in. What about it is so <laughs> exciting to you? I like chip pirate stuff, and okay. I just have a lack of it in my uh, board gaming life. In fact, like, I'm just trying to find a way to convince my wife that she wants to play a uh, ship pirate game with me. Like... Uh, we have Ascension Skull and Sails, and she seemed to enjoy that. So that mm-hmm. could be like my like, hey, you like this? Let's try this. Um, and now, of course, I'm blanking on the name of the Plat Hat Games game, the Legacy Se- game. Seafall? No, Plat Hat. Wasn't Plat Hat Seafall? Oh, what the heck is it called? The one I played that I played last year on vacation. It is Plat Hat, I think, right? Oh, Forgotten Waters? Forget, forbidden Waters. Forbidden Waters. Is it Forbidden? Forgotten Waters? I think it's Forgotten, isn't it? Josh, we're so good at this. We should be like professional podcasters. It's, like we've been, it's Forgotten Waters. You're right. Yeah. I, I think it was Forbidden Waters. Yes. Uh, forbi- forgotten Waters. Um, what is Forbidden Waters? Is that a thing? Maybe um mixing up my probably. Like genres. What isn't a thing? No, it's not. Forgotten Waters comes up right away when I put Forbidden Waters in. Um, oh, well, it's a movie from 1926. I certainly wasn't thinking about that. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed that, and I wish we had more time to play that as well. So, like, I, I really do like the theme. Um, I've always liked um, um, ship and pirate themed movies. Um, even some games, like said Myers Pirates and mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves, I still enjoy. Um, I was really excited for cross skull and bones. Like I do enjoy that, that genre. So, um, yeah, I want more of it. So maybe this is the one that can get me to buy it. It really just depends on, uh, price and availability. Yeah. And I I have to backtrack a little bit about what I said is I assumed Cole Worley had designed, uh, vast crystal caverns, which was kind of, uh, Mm. games first game. And he did not. Uh, Patrick Leader, imagine that of Leader Games that makes sense. designed yeah. that game, but uh, yeah, I mean Cole has done most of his other games there since then. Um, between this game and yeah. Cole Worley's next game, um, oh what the oh gosh, what is that game with the arcs collapse and conflict in the void? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which of those are you more excited about, Josh? Ahoy or arcs? Ahoy, 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 ahoy. ahoy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just I'm excited to see what it is really when it comes down to it. Um, I've really just kind of been impressed with Leader Games. Period. Yeah, they seem especially like a good not just from their games, but their communication mm-hmm. uh, reminds me a lot of like Stonemaier Games and Skybound Games, like very um, in touch and vocal with their support, like the people who support them, and also transparent like Isaac is where it's Cephalofair. Like, I just really like, like I'm starting to get a little bit worried about Everdell. Um, I've been hearing a lot of not so great things about, about their company. And then they have, they're having to post these things about our Kickstarter that 
people are getting worried about. Um, so I like when game companies are upfront and honest and talk to people and leader games does that. Yeah. Leader games is very, um, transparent. Uh, they definitely are very much like, you know, who they are as a company. Um, and they let you decide whether that's a good fit for you or not. Um, yeah. Uh, and if really, if you think about like their games, like right, they've had Root, they've had Oath, they've had Fort, um, and then Vast, the Mysterious Manor, and Vast, the Crystal Caverns. But like, that's a pretty like great lineup of games to have like be the games you published. And Vast like took board games by storm when it came out. Yeah. Like it was all people were talking about at conventions. Yeah, it really did. Like, I mean, I think they are kind of now known for their asymmetrical play. Like that's not all of their games, but the bulk of their games kind of focus something related to that. And yeah. it looks like this will too, actually, now that we think about it. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of something they've hung their hat on. And then having, you know, the very um, distinctive art um, that comes out because having, you know, Kyle Farron do pretty much the art for all their games. Like you see a very um, consistent art um, and presentation from them that people really seem to like. So, yeah, yeah. Your games. I enjoy their stuff. I really do need to sit down and play Oath, though. Um, so, yeah. Anything yeah. else, Josh, about Ahoy? No, but I do think we should. I know. I know we don't play video games together that often, but. There's a world where I think that we should schedule a root digital root night and yeah. get some people and play that game on Steam because that'd be fun. That's a lot of fun. From what I, I would played. be down for that for sure. Now, one hard thing I will say about uh, though I guess the digital version of it does a really good job. I was gonna say the challenging thing about root is that like it's hard to cha- like teach people because like everyone does something different. Yeah, so it's hard to be like you do this thing, but not you. You do this thing, and not you. You do this thing. Yeah. So let's, so the, the tutorial version, is good because it puts yeah. you through all the all the groups. Yeah, the tutorial is very, very good. Agreed. Cool. All right, Josh, we'll stick it for my first story. We're going to stick to the board game world. And I think I may have stolen this from you. I, I assume this might have been your pick. I don't know. But uh, welcome to Jurassic Park Legacy. That's also yeah. coming from the fine folks over at Dicebreaker. Jurassic World Legacy board game campaign is now on Kickstarter. Um, so <clears throat> reading from the article... Over there by Alex Meehan. Uh, the Kickstarter campaign for Jurassic World, The Legacy of Isla Nublar is set to launch today. This was a few days ago. Um, so it is now launched. So you can go check it out if you want to. The Legacy of Isla Nublar will see its crowdfunding campaign go live today. The estimate delivery date for the upcoming board game being set for this autumn. Initially teased in September 2021, Jurassic Park Legacy of Isla Nublar is a legacy board game based on the beloved film franchise. That began with Jurassic Park in 1993 and is set to continue with Jurassic World Dominion in June. The board game will have players become key characters from the series, such as Richard Attenborough's John Hammond and Laura Dern's Dr. Ellie Sattler, who began by building the very first Jurassic Park, which, as fans of the franchise know, is one expensive exercise in hubris. Eventually, players will experience other key events from across the series, including spoiler-free content from Jurassic World Dominion. So I'm not going to go ahead and read any more than that. Josh, Jurassic World, The Legacy of Isla Nublar. Currently yeah. uh, at $316,000 raised um, with about two weeks to go. So plenty of time, listener, if you still want to back this when you're when you're done hearing. Uh, what were your thoughts, Josh? Excited for a Jurassic Park slash World Legacy game? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, spoiler, <laughs> I know you, are, you backed it. 
Uh, but what are your thoughts initially on this campaign, on the game? Tell me what you're thinking. Well, we knew this was coming. We didn't really know much about it. It was just kind of teased. Uh, I, I was excited that it's by Prospero Hall. Yeah. Uh, tried and tested Game Studio. I didn't know, but I think this is a huge plus that the game is scheduled to release this year, which is nice to see in a Kickstarter. Yep. That doesn't mean it will, but they uh, they would like it to. <laughs> Realistically, backing any Kickstarter, you shouldn't expect it to release when they estimate it, though. So it might not yeah. come out this year. Um, uh, <laughs> to interject really briefly, yeah. have, did you watch the Dice Tower preview for this? Mm, I didn't. I haven't watched the preview. Um, so they actually sat down and played. So this legacy game is <clears throat> there's basically like a um, tutorial. T- yeah, like a pre- uh, uh, yeah, a, a tutorial that you can yeah, play. Pandemic did that also. Yeah, so you can learn how to play the game and you can play it over and over and over again to like understand how just the general gameplay works yeah. before you just jump into the actual like legacy event. So they did that, but like it was like the full Kickstarter production box oh, nice. that they had. Okay. So everything was production. The way they made it sound, at least from the rep who was there for Sparrow Hall, is that like they pretty much just need to print. Like that is pretty much ready to go. Everything is good. They just have to manufacture. Um, so this, you know, Prospero Hall obviously has released a ton of games. So it seems like this actually might be able to hit this year. Obviously, shipping and stuff is still can get messed up, but it sounds yeah. like this actually could happen this year. I mean, that's great. I, I'll watch that video too. Um it's more expensive than I thought it was going to be, but looking at the production value, they really went all out on this whole the legacy uh, gimmick, yeah. uh, which I actually appreciate. It's it's a little over the top, I think, with like these little question mark boxes and stuff. But I, I do like that aspect to it. Um, I think the art looks really cool. It definitely has the. Um, I'm trying to, I'm blanking on the name of the comics that it was like untold mysteries or like, it really plays on those old sci-fi horror comic art Mm -hmm. style thing. And I really appreciate that and like that, but but that's because I liked those old, those old styles too. But, um, I think the managers are fine. Uh, they didn't blow me away with the style, but because they're going for more, like totem style than they are going for miniature style, which is fine. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited to, I'm hoping this will be the, the, to bridge the gap between getting to play a legacy game with my wife, because it's a, maybe she'll be interested in this topic. Yeah. (laughs) But it's nice that it is one to four players. So if I really have to push forward solo, I know that I can. Absolutely. Uh, So yeah, I'm really uh, excited to get my hands on this. Yeah, so it is uh, 12, basically, rounds of Legacy game. Um, and I believe they said that when it's over, you can then just play, like, your finished yeah. game. Um, <clears throat> so you still have that option if you'd like to. I agree. The 120 was a little steep, I thought, yeah. uh, especially for a Prospero Hall game. Like, their games are usually very affordable. Yeah. Uh, and I think really good production for the price. I have to imagine just the development and the production of a year of a legacy game is more expensive because like you have all these extra boxes and scratch offs and stickers and like all the licensing. Yeah. Licensing I'm sure was very expensive. So you got all this other stuff that you got to kind of make happen in here. So I have not backed this yet. I still have it as my saved kind of game to 
to look at because the price was a little more than I was hoping. I was hoping for more, maybe like 80 bucks or so yeah. was kind of what I was hoping because um, I was kind of hoping to be kind of all in, including shipping around $100, which granted, this isn't that much more. It'd be like 140 including shipping. But, you know, 12 game sessions, I do love Jurassic Park. I probably will end up backing it. But yeah. uh, I just was hoping it was just going to be slightly less expensive than this. So I hear you. But yeah, but I'm I will say one thing I think is funny about their Kickstarter uh is as like one of the things that it the game includes, it says over seven pounds of game. And you know, a few years ago, that might have been a big deal. But in today's age, seven pounds really isn't <laughs> you're kind That's of selling yourself a little short. Yeah. yeah. You know, when Gloomhaven, Frosthaven, Foundations of Rome are all twenty plus pound boxes. Yeah. Uh seven pounds i mean it's nothing to shake a stick at but it's still not uh you know setting our hair on fire as far as the game weight there but so listener if you're interested you can check out jurassic world the legacy of isla nublar on uh kickstarter so go ahead and check that out if you're interested apparently too um there is a link to the dice tower video where they kind of play through that first scenario slash intro you know to kind of get your feet wet yeah um there is apparently uh, one of the things that's really cool about this is that since they kind of incorporate all things pre the original Jurassic Park through the current Jurassic World stuff, yeah. uh, there are like they got the opportunity in conjunction with others to kind of create some things of like, hey, what happened between this movie and this movie? Oh, nice. So there is like some, you know, like if you're really into like the Jurassic fandom and, and really understanding like the nuances and, and the minutia of that world. Uh, this actually might become kind of quote unquote required playing uh, to kind of learn all of that. Oh. So something else to keep in mind. All right, Josh, what's your second topic? My second topic is there were more, even more awards given out over the past weekend. Awards. These are the game developer conference awards, the GDCAs, if you will. And I thought, well, we could just go. Oh, you know what I need to do is uh, do this and do this and make sure I know who that is. Perfect. We'll go just through. Uh, I don't have the nominees for every category, so we're just going to go through the winners, okay? And then uh, that'll be that'll be another quickie. Uh, so the award for best debut game went or best debut yeah game went to iron gate studios for valheim which is a game that like really blew up twitch when it came out for a very long time that's the viking arc survival style game or whatever uh best visual art went to ratchet and clank rift apart best audio i thought this was an interesting one went to unpacking which is essentially just elevator music (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well i mean something to be appreciated there i suppose you know setting yeah. the mood and the tone potentially that's fine yeah uh best narrative went to uh psychonauts 2 which i thought was great that is good the social impact award went to boyfriend dungeon which i know i like that game way more than you do it's fun yeah yeah uh uh innovation award went to unpacking i think that makes sense i think that's pretty uh in the world of video games it's innovative uh yeah. compared to uh best technology went to ratchet and clank rift apart i thought you know they could have given that to astrobot i know that's not a full <laughs> game though. um best design went to it takes two it takes two is still winning awards out there yeah it is 
Uh, the audience award went to Valheim. So it really kind of speaks to the people, the differences in award um, uh, groupings of people. And this yeah. will also speak to that. Uh, Game of the year went to Inscription, which I think is great. That is awesome to see. I agree. I think that is really cool and, and really shows you, you know, at, for better or for worse, you know, when we look at awards and, and, and the things that people win and, and walk away with, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, an Oscars versus like the Screen Actors Guild, right? Like when the Screen Actor Guild gives you a best actor category, yes. like that just feels different, right? And yep. I think for GDC, the game developers giving inscription game of the year, I think it shows you that maybe they recognize and appreciate some things about games that the general public doesn't as much. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that that's pretty cool to see. I'm, I'm very happy for the team over there with that, with inscription. Nice. And then uh, last and certainly last two and certainly least, we have the ambassador award went to Steven Spohn. And if you are in gaming, you probably have seen or heard of him. He, uh, as part of the Able Gamers Foundation, he's been doing this for a very long time. And uh, Alana Pierce gave him this award. And they gave a Lifetime Achievement Award to Yuri Hori, who is our Dragon Quest man. And maybe Chrono Trigger. People might know him from Chrono Trigger also. But Dragon Quest, all of them. But Dragon Quest, <laughs> yes, basically Dragon Quest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you get a lifetime achievement at the GDC. So those are our GDCAs. How do you th- do? You feel good overall? Like good group of awards. Feel, recognize yeah. that they did a good job. You nailed it with the SAG uh, comparison. I I also really appreciate. Uh, I really enjoy seeing what people in the same industry of the awards mm-hmm. are acknowledging, yeah. um, and who they are acknowledging. So it is always fun to see that. Yeah, that's why I, I don't know. There's just something about those of I think it helps you understand the craft better. Like I'm not an actor. I'm not a game developer or anything like that. But I think it just helps give some insight into what they look for and what they value and helps me understand that it makes me better. I think it makes me a better. Cons- I don't want to just say I'm a consumer of these things, but I am, you know, we create a podcast, which is pretty cool. But like in general, yeah. like we're you know a <laughs> consumer of these things and we talk about them. Um, which, you know, one day, Josh, we should have a conversation about the criticism of criticism, right? Like critics can be critics of media, but like, when is it or is it appropriate to critique the criticism? You know, like, how does that all work? Oh, boy. Yeah. What a, what a <laughs> fun episode that'll be. <laughs> I know. It'd be so great, right? Anyway. Um, cool. All right, Josh, anything about the GDC awards? No. <laughs> That's okay. all. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we're going to move on then to my second topic. Um, and mm. Josh, apparently PlayStation is now a haven. That's right. Of course, one week after you know we recorded our last episode, uh, it was PlayStation announced that they were acquiring Haven Studios, uh, the you know prolific <laughs> developer who's released so many marquee AAA games or has yet to release a game ever. Uh, right. But the Montreal-based studio um, is you know was about a year ago now to be working on a new ip exclusively for playstation and you know one year later uh they clearly have either seen enough that they said they you know wanted to put the ring on it or 
they're like, hey, we just need more game studios, so we're just going to buy you. Is that cool? One of the, one <laughs> of the two of them. Uh, but Haven now is a PlayStation first studio uh, or first party studio. Uh, you know, most famously, you know, this studio is run by Jade Raymond from, um, you know, who was doing some from stuff. Stadia. Yeah, who had left Stadia, <laughs> um, but obviously has had a prolific career, you know, in the industry. And then, you know, hits a rough patches of working on things that just didn't quite work out, going to places that didn't quite work out. Um, and now here she is heading up a PlayStation studio, which is funny because way back when Jade Raymond left, it seemed like there were a lot of people who were like, oh, like she should go like, you know, like PlayStation or Xbox should like go get her. Right. right. And then she's like, oh, I'm doing my own thing. And everyone's like, oh, OK, well. Now, I guess she's not necessarily totally doing her own thing. So, Josh, what were your thoughts when you heard that PlayStation was um, acquiring Haven? From what I recall, I feel like you're a a fan of Jade Raymond and the work she's done in the past. Uh, So what what were your thoughts when you heard this news? Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, my thoughts were I really hope this works out for Jade. Because (laughs) I I was really excited to see her sign on to to Stadia. And I really do um, like Jade Raymond a lot. I really like the work she has done, but um, I can't really say that so much now because she hasn't been able to do so much. Like, whatever she has been doing, we haven't been able to see because it's been shut down or canceled or whatever's going on behind the scenes. Like, it's just tough to to understand if it's like, you don't know. Like, is it a her vision problem? Is it the other people's vision problem? Is there right. a totally different problem? So really, I just hope that she gets a break, and I hope this partnership works out, and I hope we get a nice announcement about Haven Studios' first game. Uh, hopefully, it's not just a CG trailer or a thirteen-second <laughs> tease for a game. Like, um, if Sony saw enough to to bring them on board, I would imagine that there's more than just a concept. So, um, I just I'm just eager to learn more about this game studio for sure and you know i will say for whatever you know games that haven't launched or issues they've run into recently like i don't think you can blame the stadia stuff on her at all oh no Um, i don't i don't yeah and i'm just saying in general like you know she was brought in basically like hey we're gonna launch this thing and now we're gonna start making games for it but like it it takes time she was running late too yeah it takes time to like build those things so yeah, that, that I don't think is obviously indicative indicative of, of the work she can do. Uh, Josh, in the kind of release for this, it says that, um, quote, our first new IP for PlayStation is on track to deliver a AAA multiplayer experience with a vision to build a syst- systemic and evolving world focused on freedom, thrill, and playfulness that will keep players entertained and engaged for years, end quote. When you hear that, Josh, what game or what type of game are you envisioning game of service well i mean sure like we know that playstation wants a dozen of these things in the next six years so very clearly it's a multiplayer game of service of some sort but what kind of game of service josh i really wish i had read this before i said i was excited to see what they're going to do (laughs) all that sounds like to me is fortnite does that sound like fortnite to you that's all i could think of when i read that i i know it's not going to be fortnite but that's what that's that's what, how I would describe Fortnite. Yeah, I think to me, this seems more like, well, who knows? Like, I think you're right. This is very general. Like, this could fit a lot of games. I'm wondering if they're going more like MMO light route. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, 
freedom, thrill, and playfulness. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make me. It makes me less excited after you read that. Okay. <laughs> but it's okay. I know that there's a market for it. I'm just. I go to Sony for my uh, single player story experiences. Well, maybe they're going to change your mind about that. Probably not. <laughs> okay, or not. That's fine too. That's totally fine too. No problem. I don't have time for a AAA multiplayer experience. But maybe you do, Josh. Maybe you do. You just don't know it yet. I, yeah, I mean, I guess I could win the lottery and then I would have time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to, and actually we really haven't talked about on this about this at all on here, uh, but with the changes to overwatch 2 and it being decoupled mm. from the single player and i i do wonder like what what it's going to take to like shake overwatch from my regular game rotation like deep route galactic for a while i was playing quite a bit of that in comparison yeah uh, but i've slowly trickled back to, to more overwatch so <laughs> i'm ready to do something different though i genuinely am i just haven't found anything else that's quite as appealing to me right now so Maybe this will be it. Who knows? But I think obviously this game is probably a ways off. Um, I know I can't remember exactly where I was listening or reading, um, but someone had said, and so who knows, take this with a grain of salt for how reliable it is, that uh, they had heard that uh, their game was much farther along than you'd anticipate for how long they've been working on it. So not that we're going to get it still like tomorrow by any means, uh, but that it might be coming sooner than we would anticipate that it would be based off of this, how long the studio has existed. So, hmm. so we'll see as far as that goes, uh, Josh building off this really briefly, um, you know, that one and only, you know, Greg Miller, as you referred to earlier, uh, yeah. talked about how it's potentially, you know, going to be a big week for PlayStation for announcements this week. Um, now I'm not one to, you know, try to overhype things, um, but, you know, it's, it is the right time for any final announcements that you're going to have. It's the end of the fiscal year this week, right? Like the fiscal yeah. year ends on April 1st. Um, so if you're going to make any changes or make any announcements, like, and you're trying to get a little bump maybe to your end of the year finances, now is the time to do it. Like if you're going to do it at any point, uh, any predictions on things that you think we're going to hear from PlayStation this week? I mean, this would be the time for them to show off the PSVR too, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, but that. I, I guess half of the enjoyment of it is having no clue what they could possibly be showing. So who yeah, knows? Who knows sure. what it could be? But I think PSVR two would be a smart move, especially if they're wanting getting investors excited, show off this new tech. Yeah. So that could be good. Yeah, I think you know everyone keeps trying to say that there's like three things that are coming this week. Yeah. If it is three, we'll see. But. Uh, I think PSVR 2 is one of them that I pick. I think getting a big update on that, a reveal, a video, uh, something about PSVR 2 would be one. I do think um, whatever Spartacus is, uh, like if they're going to announce yeah. it and they want to have an impact on the current financials, like it's got to be this week. Yeah. Um. So whatever that's going to be, I think we, and then I think the other thing, I think PlayStation Experience is coming back. Like I think they're going to announce PlayStation Experience um, in, okay. for sometime this fall. Um. But that would be, what I would predict is going to be the things. So nice. So with that, we'll move on to giving some updates on homework. Uh, every two weeks, Josh and I give one another homework mm. uh, and report back on how it's gone. And then we assign new homework. Um, I have a feeling. I don't know if I fully know how this is going to go, but we'll see how this goes. Uh, Josh, two weeks ago, you were assigned to play Aperture Desk Job, uh, yeah. the game that was created for the Steam Deck, but is playable on PC. Uh, Josh, did you, uh, do you have a book report for Aperture Desk Job? I mean, I have a book report. I do you have a I, game, video game report? I, I played it. Yeah. Nice. Tell me about it. Uh, 
what do I want to tell you about it? It has the portal humor. Uh, it looks cool, but it's it's more like a tech demo than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think you should play it. I think people should play it if they have Steam. It's like like forty minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate Bargatze is very funny. Uh, J.K. Simmons' voice is in it still. Uh, it uh, there's a big spoiler for uh, Portal Lore that I didn't want to spoil. Uh, Cave Johnson is the character that J.K. Simmons plays. There's a big right. uh, spoiler for his character in it. And yeah, you uh, build toilets and test toilets <laughs> and and things go from there. But it's really, uh, it, it enables gyro, which of course I wasn't able to use. <clears throat> um, but it really takes you through like essentially the, the controller layouts and and uh, your job is to build to- build and test toilets. Gotcha. And it goes from there. Cool. I completed it. I finished it. Um, it was fun. I really like the humor, but, uh, yeah, like don't expect a, a full game out of this free game. It's a very <laughs> right. short 40 minute game. Yeah. It is meant to be a demo. So yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was good fun. enough that you'd recommend it. Yeah. I had fun. If you, if you've played portal and portal Two, like, uh, you get the humor. So like, mm-hmm. I would say it might be weirder for people who don't have the experience of those two games. Right. But yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed gotcha. it. Awesome. So my, uh, I had to do at least one race in GT7 past the <laughs> intro. Uh, Josh, I didn't even boot up GT7. I really meant to. I was going to. I was excited about it. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I could play this or I could play Tiny Tina. And then I played Tiny Tina. I was like, that was so good. Sure. Um, and then I was like, I could play this or I could play Kirby. And then I played Kirby instead. So I chose to play two other games instead of this. Um, so I take my F. I'm, I failed. Um, it is still installed, though, on my PS5. So the intent is still there. Okay. Uh, but um, so I will play it um, and I will give I'll maybe I'll ask for an extension on this assignment. You can still assign me additional homework, but I'll ask for mm. an extension on this, maybe an incomplete, you know, until next time we report and see if I can get a better grade, you know, in two weeks. We'll see. OK, 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 cool. <laughs> well, that's where we're at for our homework. Uh, Josh, you know, uh, do you have, a, a, you know, a new homework for me or a suggestion of homework for me? Otherwise, I, I have a conversation we need to have before I can assign you your homework. Oh, yeah. You just uh, need to play Last Runes of Arnak, okay. something you're already planning on doing. Right. I'll give you that. Last I'll give you that homework incentive to it. Arnak. That will be that will be helpful. But I, I I will have that played, so that'll be no big deal. Okay, Josh. Here's my next question for you, and I I feel like I know the answer. Uh, how how frequently currently do you read comics? Ooh, how frequently currently? Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I'm on and off. I actually just finished uh, a Spider-Man run a couple weeks ago. So okay. I'd say relative. Okay. So so here, <laughs> this is going to be weird homework. Do you have Marvel Unlimited? I don't. Okay. So currently um, for Game Pass, you can get yes. three months of Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. Okay. So here, I'm, I'm giving you homework, but it's homework for both of us. Okay. You need to redeem your marvel unlimited i'm also going to redeem my marvel unlimited josh i know i have read almost zero comic books when it comes to like marvel Mm. superhero comic books so you need to once you have redeemed 
we need you need to find like either a short run or a series of comic books for us both to read and yeah. then we'll talk about it on the podcast two weeks from now can it be something i've already read if you've or... already read it that's actually even that's totally fine that's totally fine okay i know the perfect comic okay perfect i'll so just we'll have to see re- if they have it on there yeah so we'll both redeem that and then you know we'll have a sh- short little comic session here uh in a couple of weeks so cool so josh needs to assign kyle comics to read <laughs> that seems good because i yeah i would like to do something like that cool all right josh we'll move on uh by chance do we have any emails this week <laughs> we do we have a discord message and an email so let nice. me get the discord message it. up so uh mr kevin austin himself decided he wanted to give us some feedback on our harry potter conversation last week Ooh. um so he says I uh, agree completely with your statements last week around Hogwarts Legacy and J.K. Rowling. I, too, will 100% be buying this game, and I don't support J.K.'s views, but that's okay. Wait one sec. I'm going to pause. Yeah. Is he going to, quote-unquote, buy this game, or is he going to get this game for free because he's reviewing it? Well, he wrote buying, so I'm going to have to take <laughs> him for his word. Way. Just say it. <laughs> just say it, Kevin Austin. Says, I absolutely love the Harry Potter universe, as does my entire family. I asked my trans son his thoughts, and he said, Of course, people should still buy the game, and he too is a great Harry Potter fan. In his words, um, would I never want to watch a movie again or go to Universal Studios? If there was a movie I loved but hated the actor for some reason, would I never watch that movie again? Of course, I would if it makes me happy. Who cares? You can not support the person's viewpoints, but appreciate what they've made just fine. End quote. So I'll say thank you, Kevin, for chiming in and sharing that with us. Yes. Thank you, Kevin. We appreciate that. Uh, And I opened the wrong email. You don't want to hear about my work emails, right? I mean, potentially. They're fun or exciting. (laughs) They're not. Okay. Uh, We have an email uh, at the subject line, Calico Corner. Yeah. So Paul writes, uh, hey, y'all, and welcome. Now, Paul's getting longer and longer in his <laughs> email. So, <clears throat> hey, y'all, and welcome to the Calico Corner. <laughs> Last week was also his spring break. Normally, they scrub floors in either the cafe or the kitchen or the gym, uh, but they didn't have a boss at his school. So the ladies and him just hung out in clean spots they couldn't get to during school, which I can relate to. Then he took a couple days off, which he normally doesn't get to do uh, back to back. So he played the heck out of Horizon Forbidden West. He also watched the Adam Project and the Kingsman. He says Adam Project was good, but felt way over the top in some areas. The Kingsman was really good, too. He doesn't want to say much because he's he's worried about his small spoiler problem, which we appreciate that. Don't spoil things. But if you all want to know how and why the Kingsman started, it's a definite watch. For any comments on comfort TV show and movie, uh, of course, TMNT is his answer. Um, Most TMNT shows are something he goes back to on the regular or anime like Outlaw Star or Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Let's see. I'm not. I'm just editing you a little bit, Paul. That's all. Uh, he says he was excited about Ghostbusters, but learning it was multiplayer. It's a pass for him. He also started playing. Sorry, he also started with Poseidon in Horizon Forbidden West and got the others. Uh, oh, but got the others first. 
He heard a rumor and headed northwest to a cauldron instead of southwest. Uh, he asked, uh, I hope you all have done a cauldron. I have done two cauldrons. I'm assuming you've done more, Kyle? I think I've done three at this point. Okay. Says, do you all like the way they are done now? I think I do. I think I definitely talked about that earlier, how I really like the change. Yep. Um, you too? Yep, agreed. Okay, because he does comment like getting some overrides and some corrupt ones that you have to hunt pieces to complete. So when you complete the cauldron, uh, now it just dumps, it seems like a like 20 overrides, which so is many. great. I'm very happy about yeah. that. Uh, now board games for Paul. The Hogwarts game sounds like bully to him. Uh, and then he comments, wow, deep dive on self-reflection of art, Kyle. Wow. <laughs> uh, thoughts on the Dead Space Alive system announcement. Another great show, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Uh, I don't know what the Dead Space Alive system is. Do you? I do not, but I'm Googling it right now. Okay. Unless it's just like a refreshing, uh, like I think the dismemberment part of Dead Space, the first one was big. So I don't know if it's just like a retooling of that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited yes. for Dead Space in general. Yes. Um, yeah, I, that is what uh, um, the Alive system encompasses all components of Isaac's breathing and heart rate, vocal exertions, and dialogue that are okay. responsive to the Dead Space remakes gameplay features. Okay, interesting. So, yeah. So I'm going to definitely look more into that. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for Dead Space. I'm a, a bit of a scaredy cat still, but you know. Maybe I'll play it. We'll see. Sure. So cool. All right. As always, if you want to be part of the show, if you want to get your own corner, uh, you can hit yeah. us up at Board of the VG on Twitter or check or send us an email, board of the VG at gmail.com. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up or move towards wrapping things up with our recommendations for a mm. well rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that is helping us live that balanced lifestyle. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Well, speaking of things you get for free with Game Pass, uh, this is also one of those things. You can get a 30-day free trial to this uh, currently. Uh, my recommendation is Paramount Plus in general um, because, well, there's a bunch of things that was just that were just added to Paramount Plus. Um, they just added the Reno 911 movie, which I, if you like that show, great. I never got into it when it was on Comedy Central, but that just came out. Uh, you might think I'm going to recommend Halo, the TV series. That just came out on Paramount+. Plus. That was very good. I really enjoyed the first episode. But my big recommendation for Paramount+, Plus, besides just the service in general, is Jackass Forever is now available on Paramount+. Plus. And boy, did I really have a fun... Like, <laughs> As stressed as like I've been for the past however many months or years, uh, I was really able to just shut everything off and laugh more than I have laughed in a very long time watching that. I feel like you have to have some roots in Jackass like I do, so mm -hmm. I don't know that you could just go in blind and watch this. Probably you shouldn't. Um, but for me, it really made me feel younger again. It really like brought back a lot of these memories of of watching the other Jackass movies, even though like on the whole, I really don't approve of anything that they do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It really just brings a, a, this like childlike giddiness to me when I watch it. So uh, go to Paramount plus get your sub or sub not for free and watch, watch what you want to watch, but look out for Halo and Jackass. I would say check those out. Awesome. 
That is Paramount Plus. Just the whole thing. Consume all of it. All of it. All of it. Awesome. Well, my recommendation, you know, let's go back and forth. And I'll be honest, Josh, part of the reason I don't have like a specific recommendation this week is I cannot stop thinking about Severance. I really, really like that <laughs> show. Um, I think it's so good. But I was like, well, I can't really just recommend the same thing again. Like that doesn't seem like ideal or a way that this should be done. But then I also was like, you know what? I don't, I, I, I felt kind of this like pressure to like watch something or, or read something that I could then share for others to go watch or read themselves and you know what it's okay just my my <clears throat> recommendation is just don't fret it's okay to not be 100 caught up with the newest latest and best or the new hotness or the thing that we all need to watch or read or play or listen to uh take things at your own pace if you have something that you really like and you've already seen and you want to watch it again do that do the things and follow the joy um so just try not to get too caught up um in staying you know 100% current all the time with yeah. all the things going on. So it can be tough. It's not really possible to stay totally caught up. Um, <laughs> so it's okay to be choosy. There's nothing wrong with that at all. So sure. Awesome. Good advice. But so, yeah. So with that, Josh, should we wrap this show up? Ooh, let's do that. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at board with VG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji, so please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all your social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, Twitch, at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Kyle. Josh. Sounds like Rost. I just want to do... Uh... Send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck, Rost.